Hello, this is Cody Sturge with the pastor at Joy Baptist Church, and you're listening to Keep Thy Heart Daily. This is a radio ministry, podcast ministry of the Chilhowee Baptist Church. We're thankful that you've tuned in today as we're preaching through God's Word. We're praying God's Word will speak to your heart as it's preached and taught from the pulpit of the Chilhowee Baptist Church. What Mordecai was unto her. Verse number 2. The Bible says, And the king took off his ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it unto Mordecai, and Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. Now, this little phrase here, Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman, is not something to be taken lightly. Haman was the kind of guy who, in his personal resources, had enough money to be able to pay a massive amount of money in order to exterminate the Jews. Haman's estate was massive. It'd be like finding out that your uncle was Steve Jobs and now you are the inheritant you're inheriting that type of fortune and Steve Jobs has been on my heart lately I hate the his early uh death and I'm I'm sick thinking about it and I hope he was saved but I for instance it would be like taking on and receiving the this kingdom this empire of a man like Haman was pretty amazing and the king said I'll tell you what I'm going to do Mordecai and Esther I've given Esther all that belonged to Haman and Esther says Mordecai I'm going to give you control over it and the king Ahasuerus said Mordecai here's Haman's ring I'm going to make you a chief ruler in my kingdom you're a trustworthy man Now, these first two things we see are pretty impressive. It's fascinating. It's good. Because we watch Esther, and we watch her struggle through and pray through. We watch Mordecai struggle through and pray through. And we watch God entrust two of his people with a massive treasure and a massive amount of influence and a grand opportunity. When I thought about this and prayed over it and considered this moment in Mordecai and Esther's life, I just couldn't help but note that it is a really good day when God trusts trusts godly people with great things. It's good. Now, lest you excuse yourself because you've not inherited a great estate or lest you excuse yourself because you don't have a, a massive fortune, lest you excuse yourself, I want you to know something. The things that God has entrusted you with are to be used for his good, for his glory, for eternity. We talk often in our home about, with the boys, I talk to them all the time. I said, boys, I want you to be as good as you can be at anything, at everything you do. But I don't want you to be good at things and work hard to be good at things in order that you can puff your chest out and tell people how good you are and wait for people to tell you how good you are. I want you to do the best you can with the life you've given because what God has trusted you with, he wants to use it to affect and bless other people. And I'll just tell you, If God has blessed you with all kinds of stuff and all you care about is blessing yourself, all that God has given you is in vain. And I'm thankful to tell you today that Esther and Mordecai, though they could have enjoyed the safety of the king's house, the safety of being a ruler in the kingdom, the safety of wealth, the safety of prestige, they would not allow the influence that God gave them to be squandered only on themselves. 
Because it leads us to the next thing. It's a good day when God trusts and blesses godly people. But it's also a good day when godly people use their influence to help condemned people. The second part of this chapter, Esther's burden for her people. The Bible says in verse number three. You'd think in verse number three that the next thing you read is Esther's uh, kicking up her heels and singing praises because she's got all this to care for and Mordecai is safe, her most favorite person. But here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, Esther spake yet again before the king and fell down at his feet and besought him with tears to put away the mischief of Haman, the Agagite, and his device that he had devised against the Jews. What's she thinking about? She says, I can't rejoice in all this glory and all this goodness knowing that my people are condemned. And so she bows before the king with tears. The Bible says in verse number four, then the king held out the golden scepter toward Esther. So Esther arose and stood before the king and said, if it please the king, if I found favor in his sight and the thing seemed right before the king and I be pleasing in his eyes, let it be written to reverse the letters devised by Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, which he wrote to destroy the Jews, which are in all the king's provinces. For how can I endure to see the evil that shall come unto my people? Or how can I endure to see the destruction of my kindred? Do you know what Esther does? Esther says, I can't stand to live in this glory knowing that my people are condemned. Now, the king had written a decree and the decree could not be reversed, but she was petitioning the king for help. We've got to do something to save my people. Let me tell you, it's a good day when godly people get a burden for the lost. Now, look, if Esther didn't intervene from this point forward, if Esther didn't use the blessings that God had given her in order to influence the king, in order to change the words, of, to, to rewrite and to write again, I should say, an edict from the king. If Esther had just stopped there, guess what would happen? On that particular day that was coming down the road in 10 months, all of her people would have died while she was in the comfort of the palace. And you know what? She couldn't live like that. And, and I'm thankful for that example because you know it can get so comfortable sometimes. It gets comfortable knowing that I'm saved, my wife's saved, my boys are saved. It gets comfortable knowing that my family comes to church with me. It gets comfortable knowing that, that the people that I care the most about, that they're, they're going to go to heaven when they die because they've put their trust in Christ as their Savior. And sometimes I get so consumed and so comfortable with how good God has given blessed me and how many of my family know Jesus as their savior that I get so comfortable that I forget that there's a whole world of my people going to hell there's people on my street and people at the store and people at the places I go that are going to die and go to hell if they don't get the message of the gospel and I can't be satisfied with the fact that I'm going to go to heaven my wife and my kids are going to go to heaven I can't be satisfied with that being comfortable with that great blessing which it is blessing and knowing that others are going to die and go to hell what should I do? I should be preaching the gospel I should be witnessing the lost and guess what? You should too we all bear a responsibility to share the gospel. 
You see, God didn't save you just so you could play life until you die and spend eternity in heaven. God saved you so you could tell others about the saving faith that is in Christ Jesus so that others can have the privilege that you do. And Esther said, I can't bear. I can't bear to see what's going to happen to my people if something doesn't change. And her dissatisfaction with her own blessing and her burden for the loss is something that makes a big difference. I'll ask you a question. Have you lost your burden for the lost? Have you lost your burden for hurting people? Let me tell you how you can tell if you lost your burden for hurting people. You get really impatient with folks. People seem to get on your nerves more than ever. You get to the place where you just will not forgive them for that. You get to the place where you're impatient. You get to the place where you're too busy to talk to somebody. Let me tell you something. When you get to these places, I mean, you've lost your burden. All you care about is the fact that you need to be comfortable. Christian people are just comfortable knowing that the world is dying and going to hell are Christian people who do not have the heart of their God. How much does God love the lost? I'll tell you how much he loves the lost. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Esther's burden for a people. It was a good day when godly people use their influence to help condemned people. Esther, I'm encouraged by her. Let's look at a third part of this passage of scripture. The second writing. The second writing. We'll begin in verse number seven. Now, this is an interesting thing. Over and over again, as you read the book of Esther, we talk about these, uh, we talk about these writings. Uh, in chapter number three, Haman encourages uh, King Ahasuerus to give him the authority to write, to exterminate a certain group of people. And so the writings are written... Ahasuerus has no idea what he writes, but Haman writes it, puts it in the name of the king, and what the king decrees and seals and writes cannot be undone. Not even the king can undo this. So according to this edict writing from King Ahasuerus, written by Haman, it can't be reversed. So how are we going to deal with this? Something that can't be reversed, how are we going to deal with it? It's fascinating, because, and I'll tell you, the, the story unfolds in an interesting way. If the king himself can't reverse this, what are we going to do? I'll tell you what's going to happen. The king is going to ha- allow Mordecai to write another writing, and you're going to be fascinated to see what God leads Mordecai to write that counteracts, it counteracts the commission of all the pagan people to put to death all the Jewish people. Have I got your attention yet? What in the world did we write? The Bible says in verse number seven, then the king Ahasuerus said unto Esther the queen and to Mordecai the Jew, behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman and him they have hanged upon the gallows because he laid his hand upon the Jews. Haman's out of the picture. Verse number eight, The king continues to speak. He says, write ye also for the Jews. Haman wrote against the Jews and king says to 
Mordecai now, write ye for the Jews as it liketh you, just however you want. In the king's name, seal it with the king's ring. For the writing which is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's ring may no man reverse. Now, this is the same thing that King Ahasuerus said to Haman in chapter 3. You write it, and when you write it and seal it, it can't be reversed. And Haman's like, (laughs) and now Haman's hanged. The writing of the king written by Haman is still out there, still in effect, and it's going to take place in about 10 months. But now, Mordecai has a chance to write. The Bible says in verse number 9, Then were the king's scribes called at that time in the third month, that is the month Sivan, on the three and twentieth day thereof. And it was written according to all that Mordecai commanded unto the Jews and to the lieutenants and the deputies and rulers of the provinces which are from India unto Ethiopia and 127 provinces unto every province according to the writing thereof and unto every people after their language and to the Jews according to their writing and according to their language. Now everybody's getting this writing. Verse number 10. And he wrote, Mordecai wrote, in the king Ahasuerus' name, and sealed it with the king's ring and sent letters by post on horseback on, and riders on mules, camels, and young dromedaries. Verse number 11. Wherein? Here's what it says. The king granted the Jews, which were in every city, to gather themselves together and to stand for their life, to destroy, to slay, and to cause to perish all the power of the people and province that would assault them. Now, now what, what's, this, what's the writing say? The writing says, here's what the king has decreed. On this particular day that all of the kingdom is supposed to rise up against the Jews, now the king has decreed and written that the Jews are to take up for themselves any person, that attempts to harm them, to assault them, to slay them, to destroy them, they are to, in turn, destroy, slay, cause to perish all of the people in the province that would assault them. Thank you for listening today to Keep Thy Heart Daily. This is a ministry of faith of the Chilhowee Baptist Church. For more Bible preaching, Visit us at chillhowiebaptistchurch.com or download our app wherever you get your apps. Chill Howie Baptist Church. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful day.